Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, and I am excited because today we are going to be talking to my, I guess I could call you a good friend by now. We've been having some great conversations <laughs> since we connected. Um, Al Deming, and he is president of the Leadership Initiative, and we are going to be talking about mentoring and the power of mentoring. Um, welcome, Al, to the show. Thank you for having me, Keisha. Well, I know that you are um, exceptionally busy, as, as are most people, but I felt it was really important to have a show dedicated to mentorship, especially because we're, we're starting out the new year and People are trying to kind of get their bearings and, you know, we all do our resolutions or our focusing word and, and we have um, an idea of what we would like to do differently and better um, in the new year. And I thought it would be great to talk to people about what mentoring is, um, what it's not, and ways in which you have found um, reward, you know, ways in which you found mentorship rewarding and what it looks like for you and with your organization, because um, the leadership initiative is one that focuses very, very strongly on mentorship as a tool to develop leaders, right? Correct. So tell me a little bit about what you, what you do with the leadership initiative and, um, and how you got involved with that. Well, the uh, first I've, I've been mentoring in Illinois, I, relocated to Illinois back in uh, 95, 1995 to pursue an entrepreneurial opportunities. And um, I've been mentoring directly with uh, middle and high school students since 2001. Um, I, in coming up, I did not have uh, someone that I could go to for resources, ask questions, um, direction. I was fortunate to have a number of teachers that saw potential within me and led me to pursue post-secondary education and um, more so on to an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial um, lifestyle. Um, I felt a need within um, the communities that I visited, within the school districts I resided in, that the young folks um, really need someone to talk to, they really need someone to look up to, they really need someone to serve as a resource to them as they are making decisions. Uh, one of the um, comments I received from a lot of young folks is that, you know, I don't know if you ever heard that term, you know, you may have said it to your parents, you just don't understand. Mm -hmm. uh, young folks are dealing with so much today, especially with social media and technology, and they are not, in their opinion, not being listened to. Uh, the leadership initiative, those that I lock arms with, those other professionals, we, pay attention to the needs of our young folks. We listen to them. We try and understand where they're coming from, um, provide them resources. We provide them with the tools, strategies um, that will enable them to be confident young individuals with a healthy self-esteem and with a competitive temperament. Um, in today's society, nothing is being given to any of us and we really have to put in the work, we have to put in the uh, research and be motivated, you know, to pursue those uh, academic, um, personal and professional outcomes that we desire. And we provide that source 
not only to the students, but to the parents of those students. Um, we, it is a collaborative effort that we um, utilize to, to move um, this needle forward, if you will. Mm -hmm. We continually hear that there are um, academic and wealth gaps. And what we try to do is to impress upon our young folks that you know you have to value education. I know in Illinois, I believe in most states, you have 13 years of free education. And we try and, you know, motivate them to focus on that and make the most of that, you know, because it's going to provide them with keys to open doors to uh, career opportunities. Mm -hmm. So that's so, basically, you know, our, you know, our objective. So when you talk, and, and I'll, I'll level set for um, people who are listening to this podcast, you work with young people who are in high school and below, right? Yes, correct. Okay. And part of the reason why I wanted to have you on the show is not just because um, we're trying to let people know about opportunities that are available for mentoring and, and how they should get involved with youth, but it's also because just like I think good strategy is good strategy, good, good mentoring is good mentoring. And regardless of whether you are talking about high school kids or middle school kids or, you know, just youth in your community, you or talking about people who are coming up in the workplace, um, who are starting their first career, there are certain aspects of what it means to be a mentor that apply across the board. And so I wanted to have this discussion with you and share this with people because if they haven't thought about mentoring and if you haven't thought about pouring into somebody else's life, um, I think this is something that you need to consider. Um, and, and what has really been standing out for me in, in the conversations that you and I have had, Al, is about how important it is for people to have an example of where they want to go. Because if you don't see it, it's hard for you to dream it, right? Um, yeah, that's right. So what do you, and, and I know that one of the things that you talk about is how important it is to share your story. So tell yeah. us a little bit about how, how do you do that with, with people that you mentor or how do you encourage your mentors to do that with their mentees? We have, um, I believe I share with you, we have a weekly mentoring session on Saturday mornings. And we have uh, a number of guest facilitators that come in to present uh, various topics. Our, our mentoring program is curriculum based, and one of the, one of the uh, things I emphasize to each of the facilitators is to share their story. Um, a lot of young folks see us as adults, but they don't realize that many of us have um, encountered hardships coming up. Uh, single parent households um, were not, you know, on the middle or upper end of the socioeconomic, you know, uh, landscape, and we struggled. And students need to hear that because you never know who um, you may touch, you know, who is experiencing a similar situation, and they want to know that there is a possibility for them to move beyond that. So it is important for our facilitators to first, before they begin any session, to share their story and share their background, their upbringing, and to basically inspire, you know, and motivate the young folks that they're presenting in front of. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so important for adults as well, because I have been remiss, <laughs> I will say, in terms of sharing my story um, and my background, because a lot of times, you know, we all think, hey, you know, nobody wants to hear a sob story or... Nobody's interested in my journey. 
And I've found that there is so much that we can learn um, vicariously through other people's experience. And one, and two, it allows us to really connect and feel like we're not alone. Um, and, and you'd be Correct. so surprised to, to really find out how similar you are with people that you thought you may have thought you had nothing in common with. Um, yeah, so, so you, uh, you're, so you're on, you're on the leadership side in terms of kind of bringing up mentors and training them up and, and kind of facilitating that process. But I know that you must have had a mentor or two in your life that had, that made a tremendous impact. So tell me about a time when you had a mentor and how that person impacted you. I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would describe the person as a mentor, but um, in high school, um, in approaching senior year in high school, my objective was to graduate, get a job, and begin to accumulate stuff. That was my pie in the sky. Um, however, my English teacher, an older gentleman, um, approached me and said that he was also my counselor at the time. He said that, you know, you're college material. I was like looking at him, what, what do you mean? So he sat with me and basically you fill out applications, I fill out financial aid information and everything else. Um, my mom basically just had to put her signature on certain documents that he kind of walked me through the process. So I applied to three schools and um, got accepted at all three. Um, one was Wilberforce University. The other one was Montclair State, which is the teacher's college. I'm from New Jersey. And the others was, other was Rutgers University. So Rutgers University had a unique program at the time in which they said they provided you with three semesters to determine whether or not college was for you. So in looking at the, the three options, I figured at the time, I said, well, college was not on my mind, but let me try this option because it gave me three semesters. So um, in terms of a mentor, it was my you know, high school senior English teacher who basically um, made me realize that you know, I was college material. So I went on and um, pursued and you know, graduated with an economics degree uh, from Rutgers University. But you know, I think that is so key because a lot of times people don't realize that they are, I guess, mentoring by example. Um, yeah. And, and I know that through established mentorship programs and people, you know, I think people have a, a little bit of a, a misconception of what it means to be a mentor. Um, you have people who are looking for a coach and you have people that are looking for an accountability partner and you have people who think that, well, a mentor is someone that um, walks me through everything and I, I pick their brain about everything. And, and then you have, there are different types of mentoring relationships. And it sounds like this person was a mentor just in the way that they asked you to consider different things. And they, they, they showed up in your life in a way that was meaningful enough for you to look at your plan to, you know, get a job and get more stuff <laughs> in a different way. Um, so I, I love the fact that, that the person that really had an impact on shaping and shifting the trajectory of what you're doing now was so, um, was really not someone that you would have considered a quote unquote mentor. So that is, that is interesting to say the least. Um, yeah, and then, you know, not understanding probably at the time what mentor meant. 
mm-hmm. you know, because then you, those examples were not in front of me. Gotcha. So what do you say to people who ask you, what does it mean to be a mentor? Well, you know, I tell, you know, folks, it is, it is invaluable. Um, it is something that is definitely needed. I think um, it may have been mentioned earlier. The presumption is that um, no one is, uh, wants to hear my story. Um, you know, who is going to listen to me? But you will be surprised how um, receptive students are you know, when you actually speak to them. And what happens is that it's consistency. There's a term I use called consistency of presence. So within our mentoring program, again, we meet on a weekly basis. When the child or children begin to see you on a weekly basis, they begin to, you know, those those barriers that initially you, you encounter when a young person is meeting a stranger, those walls begin to come down and they begin to share. And then you're listening to them. So we, you know, grant students, you know, numerous opportunities to present, you know, whether it is on paper or whether it is, um, you know, uh, verbal, you know, audible presentation in front of the group. So we try and establish that confidence within them because the other important aspect is that we impress upon them once they are blessed, you know, with talent or they're blessed with academics or, you know, uh, professional uh, talent that they come back and share that, you know, with their former um, mentees. And that is the piece that is, you have to see it to believe it because the students now, you know, they see one of their own moving on to the next level and then coming back and sharing, you know, that transition. And then that, you know, it, it's just an invaluable experience, you know, to, to witness. Yeah, and, and I love your, the, the quote that you, you have on your email signature engaging and inspiring young persons to develop a success mentality and live a life they did not know was possible. And yeah, tell me a little bit more about how you, how you came up with that. Like what was the process for, for that focus? I think it, it says so much. Yeah. Well, you know, it was um, the team, the, the leadership initiative team, we sat down and we basically reviewed what we've done over the years. And, uh, you know, to, to see a, a child come in who is extremely shy and, you know, with us for two or three years and they are making presentations before, you know, you know, hundreds of individuals to see that process, how that plays out. And again, as I spoke about myself, it was to graduate, you know, and get a job versus not looking beyond that next level you know, to, to, you know, the level of college. So, you know, a success mentality is understanding that, you know, this, op- this free education that you are granted for 13 years, K through 12, what are you going to do with that? You know, it can open doors, you know, to opportunities that you probably didn't realize were available to you. So one of the other key things that we do is also we, we expose them to potential careers. We take them on field trips to science fairs, to technology fairs, to cultural events and things such as that because, you know, we've gone to a, a network studio and basically not only seeing the, the talent in front of the camera, but the hundreds of jobs behind the camera. We tell them, you look at a movie and look at the credits at the end of that movie. There are hundreds of names that are rolling at the end, and all of them have a valuable part in that production. So that's the thing also, just exposing them to um, the, the opportunities that they would not even imagine, 
you know, were available to them. And you never know what is going to pique a child's interest. So that is our endeavor to kind of expose them also, you know. So, again, developing, you know, a mind, you know, a mindset, you know, that is uh, – that, that focuses on success mm-hmm. and understanding what the components are that's going to enable them to be presented with those opportunities for success. Awesome. So how do, and I know that there are a lot of people who may be listening who think about mentorship and the first thing that you always hear is I don't have time. You know, I have, I have so many obligations. I'm so busy. Um, And there are, and and there's something that you mentioned about the consistency of presence, um, which is key. So what should people think about when they're trying to consider whether or not they should actually extend, um, extend a helping hand and, and look at becoming a mentor? And I understand uh, we, our schedules are extremely busy. We have a lot going on, a lot of our, on our place, those who have families, you know, and obligations to their children in terms of, you know, activities that go on throughout. But those who facilitate or serve as facilitators for a program, I work with their availability. So, for example, if there's someone, you know, whose expertise is in STEM, their expertise is in um, uh, smart goals or etiquette, you know, or financial literacy, I work with their availability at the beginning of the year, so therefore we can lock in dates so they know well in advance, you know, when they are going to present. Now, we do have a core group of mentors that are present every week or just about every week. But those guests, you know, we understand those folks who are unable to commit, you know, on a consistent basis can serve as guest facilitators in their field of expertise. So that is an opportunity that I share, you know, with those who do not have time, you know, to be present on a consistent basis. And they welcome that, you know, because, again, it's their opportunity to give back and to share. And the students appreciate it as well. And I love that you give people options for participating because, I think we have gotten into this um, expectation that one size is supposed to fit all, and everybody makes an, an impact in a different way. I mean, you never know if the. You know, I've had people that have told me, you know, the one conversation that I had with you at an event, or you took some time to talk to me at a particular thing, and and there was just that one time that I interacted with them and it made a profound impact in that moment. So just because you can't be there consistently, I think you can make a commitment to showing up fully wherever you do and however you do. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I totally agree. Um, And you know, one of the things I also share is, like I said, you know, you don't have to be there every week, but you commit, you know, a portion of your time. And it's, and it's, it's planning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at your calendar and say, well, you know, what is, your, you know, and then we lock it in. So, therefore, they know in two or three months or six months down the line, they have this date. And, you know, I follow up with them, make certain that, you know, do they require any resources, whatever the deal is. Um, and when they present, they present. And like I said, the, the students um, welcome it, the parents. Um, our program welcomes parents to sit in on as often as they like, you know, but some of, you know, one of our objectives is that the parent then takes that conversation or presentation topic home and have a further conversation, you know, with this, you know, with the child, with the students. And that's one of the values of the program. And that's great because I, I, I love the fact of how you are 
in, engaging and involving not just the students, but also the parents. And that consistency of presence is also a commitment to showing up when you, when you say you're going to show up. And then looking at helping them to be able to apply this beyond just that one, you know, facilitated session or the, you know, mentorship sessions that they have scheduled. Um, what would you advise? Because of course, not um, most of the people that listen to this do not reside in your neck of the woods. <laughs> it would be great that they could, uh, you know, come and volunteer with you. But what do you suggest uh, for people who are in their state, their city, and they're trying to figure out, okay, what's the first step and what do I do if I want to actually become involved? Well, a couple of things. Um, I'm, I'm sure there are community-based programs within their um, communities that they can seek and inquire. Uh, the school systems, you know, are for most part, you know, we're there with open arms, you know, to welcome someone in to come in to speak on a topic of topics. Um, I work with a couple of school districts as well as another community-based organization to come in periodically to do presentations on various topics. So um, if there is a desire, you know, to mentor, if there's a desire to, um, you know, to present or to teach, you know, there is there there's ways in which they can do that. They can inquire within their respective communities or the school district. Well, great. So I would like to um, because we're we're kind of getting more towards the the end of the of the thirty minutes. Um, I know that there there have been this this episode is going to air after um, we got the the news of of Kobe Bryant and his daughter mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, the, the seven other people that lost their lives in the helicopter crash. And one thing that I have noted um, and noticed throughout this process is that when people are expressing their, their grief and their shock and their condolences, there are stories that are coming out about how much he poured into not only his daughter and, and his family, but how much he poured into other people and, and youth in particular. Um, I know that with the leadership initiative, you also talk about serving humanity by creating a ripple effect of positive youth leadership. Yeah. Tell me why you decided in your mentorship efforts and your leadership efforts that you decided to focus on young people as opposed to, you know, just going in and creating a mentorship program for adults. Well, uh, I, I mean, looking, looking ahead, um, the, the whole idea of establishing ripple effect, I think I may have, you know, um, mentioned it earlier. What we want is for our young folks to understand that, you know, there's an obligation for them to pay it forward. And when we talk about the various, you know, achievement gaps and wealth gaps and these other gaps, you know, which, which, which are within our communities, in my opinion, the way in which, you know, that is going to be resolved is that we make a, a concerted effort you know, concerted effort to, to, to come back in the community and kind of share our talents, you know, with those coming behind us. And I think, you know, once we get into that, you know, we, we evolve into that stage, you know, where we're constantly coming back and bringing that next group behind us forward, I think you'll begin to see the needle move to close those respective gaps. Because, again, um, I can reflect on myself, I was only, you know, interested in what I was exposed to in my particular space within my 
particular environment. But if we that if that environment, if that space was expanded, you know, to, to draw in more insight as to what else was out there, which I learned, you know, once I was on a college campus and interacted with other folks, I think that will begin to and if we discipline and coming back and drawing that next group forward, I think that would be the key to moving the needle to close those gaps, you know, which we are constantly um, faced with. Yeah, and I and, and and it's been it's something that as I've grown up and you know, people are people will always say, well, there have always been mentorship programs and leadership programs and so on and so forth. And I think that one thing that we have to remember is that this process doesn't stop because Correct. it's not like okay these this is the last group of young people that we're ever going to have and everybody's got it together it doesn't matter what the generation everybody goes through their stresses everybody goes through that that period of time of trying to figure out what they want to be and and who they want to be and trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives so this is an ongoing process and i, I love the fact that your organization establishes a benchmark for encouraging people to get involved um, wherever they are um, and that you're focusing on building the next generation by reaching back um, in order to pay it forward. Um, I think that a lot of us are looking at life a little bit differently um, after looking at the events of, of, of the past weekend. And I think yeah. that it's really important for people to look at not just what you do for yourself, not just what you do for your career, um, not just what you do in your immediate circle, but start looking at the legacy that you're going to bring, um, that you're going to leave, and how are you going to reach back in order to pay it forward. Um, I thank you so much for, for joining us today um, and sharing information about your program and, and what you do and, and your insights on mentorship. Um, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Um, I can be reached a couple of different ways. Um, the website is um, https um, for, excuse me, colon forward slash forward slash the leadership initiative 2019.org or my email address is ag deming, that's D E two M's as in Michael I N G, at the leadership initiative 2019.org. Awesome. And you and I will have information about Al on my website at carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S group.com, um, along with a, an embedded episode of this particular podcast and, and the ways that you can connect with him. Um, and your organization is a 501c3 nonprofit, correct? Yes, it is. So they are accepting donations. So if you cannot be there physically, <laughs> you can feel free to donate financially um, and make your impact in that way. Um, thank you again, Al, for joining me um, and just sharing information about your life's work and, and what it is that you're doing in order to make a positive impact on the youth in our communities. Um, I wanted to share with everyone that um, the with the CARS group, we have a number of online um, training opportunities that are coming up. I'm actually launching my online learning academy um, and online learning library, um, which I'm very, very excited about. My birthday is coming up, so you guys get gifts because I'm going to be giving away a lot of great stuff. <laughs> um, so, yeah, who does that? It's my birthday, but you get gifts. Um, so, um, once again, I thank you guys for joining in and, and listening in with me. I am Keisha A. Rivers. 
president and chief outcome facilitator of the CARS group, where we facilitate outcome by equipping people to manage and embrace change. Mm -hmm. And I thank you for listening to our podcast, Mindset to Mastery, mm -hmm. where we give you tools, tips, and actionable items that will help you to change your mindset and master your success. Until next time, make it a great one, be positive, and make sure that you are reaching back in order to pay it forward. Talk to you soon. Thank you.